Kadai, uh, just to come to see you again. We don't see each other as often as we want. We're in two different sides of town. But I appreciate uh, the fact, A, to come to speak to the Elam again. I know a lot of the Chavra uh, here. And the fact, at least you gave me a disclaimer, that this is from about 140 Shirim. It will be condensed into about an hour, or two or three, depending how long you have. And we're just going to touch upon the Shailas, at least uh, we'll know a Shaila if it's staring us in the face, or at least you'll notice something might be a little bit modna in a lot of the unhogas that we see, and some of which we do, at least until today. And we'll start with some of the basic Gedarim. Um, I found it at least, Baruch Hashem, last night, late last night. Am I supposed to be here? Okay. Uh, I used the stickies to put in the Safer, and I did bring a copy of the Safer because a lot of it's going to sound like, how can that be Aser? And some of them, how can that be Mutter? And like any Sugya, the first 200 pages as it was written up and taken first transcribed from the Sherman, written up, and then a lot of additions have been made. There are also of Azharas, with that in a token, get me in a train, that say, please don't go to Shar Gimel, the Lachlamaisa, until you see the Sugi for the first 200 pages. So that's part of the same disclaimer, is that we're going to try to get some of the Yisaitis of the Sugi before we go to the uh, practical things, or at least do it Bavas Achas. And the rest, uh, you'll go and hopefully send in your kashas and hagos, which I'm already working on for a uh, second uh, printing. It's that nogea. It's, um, it's pretty frightening how, despite the fact that we're striking and we are, we've been in Gullahs a long time, and a lot of things seeped in, especially in America, that once you start looking for things, you wonder, like, where did that come from? So sometimes we can be miyashavit. There's always a mitzvah to be miyashavit the minute. And sometimes just schwer and better to stay away from, even though you don't like saying that it's innocent, the rights that people are doing it. But Lamaisa, there are definitely tzadim to be makbid. And we'll start with the one just this morning, because we don't want to at all highlight any chashivas or give any chashivas to this day. The chashivas of this day is we can sit and learn. That's already uh, very chashiv. So we thank the authorities for allowing that. That's about the only positive thing you're going to hear about it. What's not well known is that January 1st is the same as December 25th. And December 25th, everybody knows, but that's Mamesh Avarazar. You don't have to come on to Chukasem Lesalechu. Chukasem Lesalechu is when you have something, both strokes first, when you have something that's not that sneeze dick, but Ramesha says it can't be Beferish, a Pirza of Inyani sneeze that it's absolutely also, but then you wouldn't need Chukasem. And by Avarazara and by Yana Kishif, it's the same thing. If you're doing Kishif, if you're doing Avarazara, you don't need a separate Pasi Chukasem. Chukasem is where it's not that identifiable, and it's not that nicker, and it's not directly associated, but the roots of the Misa are found in Avarazara, Kishif, Gaiva, Shachas. These things are very hard to define. But all these Lashanis are used in the Rishanim and Pritzis. So Amesha and the Chuva, even at the end of a very long Chuva, Amesha has many Chuvas on Chukasayim because these Chuvas were asked and written in America, most of them. And there were new Shailas because 
the sugi is as old as any sugi is Terami Sinai, but the application, like his three long chuvas on Thanksgiving. How can you write 15 pages on Thanksgiving? Like, finish the turkey and the cranberries before you even, like, how much, how much rate can there be? But Ramesh has three chuvas where one is night to one way and one is night to the other way, and the last one, not well known, he's more night to lesser than to be mattering it. And when people ask the Shaila, and some people are family members, and to them it's Mamish Terumisina. So the first thing you got to tell them is maybe I'll join you, maybe I won't, but it's not Terumisina, and it's not a mitzvah, and maybe hold the cranberries, even if you're having the turkeys. So that's the, the diktuk in, in something like that is where, where did it come from? It's not rooted in Avodazar, but it's Hevel Vashtu. So these are Mysher gets stuck, believe it or not, on the turkey. He doesn't get stuck on a Sudhis Adai. I think that's, he says, that's very modna. That one group that was saved in the 1600s, whenever it was, and was celebrating for 300 years. And he's writing some Gemaras that you don't, if it's just a, a group of people, you don't make a national celebration. So he says, that's already very, very odd. But where'd they get this turkey from? Now, in American advertising and marketing, we Americans would know right away, but Ramesha doesn't buy into it. He says, that's marketing. You need like a mascot. You need like a <laughs> So of course they picked a turkey. That, that sells. You got to have some national. And that's why it got so popular. Because chicken is not too exciting. And you tell them to have a steak dinner. So we can do that whenever you want. So they hopped on to a turkey. So Amesha says, that's ridiculous. And that's chukasayim. Because that is something that we would never think of by ourselves. And we're copying the game. Even though it's not rooted in Avodah it has no history in Kishuf. There was some Kishuf going on in America, perhaps at that time. At least the people who were executed in Salem, Massachusetts, seem to think so. And there was, there was. Ramesh says, you have to come out to Kishuf. And that's an important yisoyed, and we're going to start with that. The Goyen Paskins like to be Shainim. It's Shainim, Ron, Tesis, Marik, who already is um, Paskining, and we'll see in, in Levisha, which is a big part of the Sugya. So the Gain Paskins, that even if it's not having any Sherish, no Shash of Sherish Navarazara, no Shash of Kishuf, no Pritzus, if it's just Hevel Vashtus, does that make an Issa Dereza? So Amesha basically is dining on that in his three chuvas on Thanksgiving, because the history is it's not Nagayat Avarazara, not Nagayat Kishuf, and he can't be Miyashiv the turkey. I say that with all seriousness. That's where, that's where he's stuck. And three chuvas is that why are we making a whole suit out of it? He gets stuck on that. And then he says, and the hanhokas they have, why should we pick that up? So most people, and the Mekilim say it's just a patriotic thing, and it's American, and that's one of the few things, if you have family, it's not so from, and they, they hold it's a chayv kaddish. So it's one of the few things you don't want to start a machlekes about if it's mutter, which is why Allah Lamaisa, if you have to do it, there's Tzadam L'Hakol, and Ramesh himself says there's Tzadam L'Hakol, over three different truths. But at the end, he doesn't really like it, and he says in a different truva that the Issa Dresel Hukasayim is not the pshat that we have a real suffix that we think it's rooted in Avodah or Kisha for Pritzis. We're not sure, Savit Dresel Humra. He says the Mahus of Hukasayim is that if it's Madna and you can't easily explain it logically, that's already the Dresel Hukasayim. The Chiddush is not Safed Reis L'Chumrah, is that when you start the Sugya, anytime you can't quickly explain it, it's already Asar Midareisa, not because of Safed Reis L'Chumrah. He says that preferably in a different Shuvah. 
And that's, you see that he holds like that when he talks about Thanksgiving. You also see that he holds like the guy, and not because of the guy. The guy says that even if you take care of the Avadazar, the Kishof, from the Pritzis, if it's just Hevovashtus and you're picking it up from them and you wouldn't have thought of it yourself, the guy holds it's Osir. Marik, and the Ramah brings down this Marik. The guy holds it's not Pshat in the Marik, and maybe not Pshat in the Ramah, but. Many learn up the Ramah to say that if it's something that can be explained, even though you wouldn't have thought of it, and it has no shaykhis to Avarazar and Kishof and Pritzis, then it is mutter. So part of the big machlekes in many of the gray areas is, do we pass on like the guy and do we not? Ramesha in his um, 10, 15 chuvas on this, in different chuvas he quotes the guy differently sometimes, Looks like he's not to Ivade passing like the guy, and other time he just brings the machalikas to Ramah and the guy, as uh, the guy has his but uh, as others time it is. And that's going to have a big nafkamina in certain gray areas like Thanksgiving. January 1st is not one of them, because January 1st was developed by those who held it was still part of the Chaga from there, that he was born, he wasn't born in Mashumid, and he needed a bris. And that's when they claim the bris was. They don't know exactly when the birthday was, when the bris was. That's why if you're machmer and nittel, if you can call it that, um, the later one is the more probable because they switch the calendars a few times. And they hold that was part of the celebration. So it's a religious holiday. It's now secular because most people are secular. But it's not that different than the 25th. And as recent as last week, I guess, because it's the season... I shouldn't use that expression, but uh, somebody sent me an email that they had a quote or a misquote on something Rabbi Yaakov maybe said, and it's, I'm not even going to repeat exactly what it was, because nice guy, but uh, has no, no shaykhis over here, because if Rabbi Yaakov said it, you have to know where he said it, but something to the effect of people are taking on resolutions, why don't you do that also? So I sent them back a pretty um, strong voicemail. I said, should we also do tshuva in Ramadan and fast? Like, what's the shaykh is? Rabbi Yaakov couldn't have said that. Like, and, still, and January 1st comes up a lot because people feel guilty because they're sort of celebrating somewhere. I'm not sure anybody here is learning. But they sort of say, that's an Issa I said, you don't need the gun for that. The gun is a hold. You're picking up on somebody else's holiday. But it's not a, we have no shaykh as the calendar. The calendar is based on his birth. That's a different religion. So anybody trusts me, miyash of this, that we have some shaykh whatsoever, doesn't know anything about this sugi. Like, this is not difficult to explain. We just did it in 10 seconds. Why this is more chukah sam than the 25th, which the 25th was active of a Rizar. That's what they did. Nowadays, it's all commercialized. <coughs> no, but that does, doesn't mean we can pick it up. So then it goes on to chukah sam. They're not doing a Rizar. But that's what the Isser is for, not to be picking up these things. And they have unfortunate... I'm not here to pick on any restaurants, and there's not anything around here, but they have restaurants who are like serving major menus and having all sorts of activities then. On a Gaisha holiday, that's and it's the Daisal Kukasaim. It's hard, hard to imagine. That's I preface we've been here too long. So if you um, met anybody last night who's still celebrating it's Alivishinus and it's tiring when we make a document and we sign a check. So the minigids we use now it's two thousand twenty four Lemisbar. Did I get that right? Okay. It's a machai in Muncie. I mamish didn't know. I have to be reminded. The only reason I'm giving this year that I should start off with January first. Mamish a machai. You don't hear any screaming and yelling and 
It's uh, not like that in most of the world, but it's one of the advantages. So uh, is there a Milo to writing the check in a modified way? The answer is yes, because Mamshik Udeime hold its Mamish and Issa Deresa. It's in violation already of Achesha Zelachem Eshchadashim, which isn't Chukasayim per se. It's also there. We're identifying that, of course, this is our date. It's not our date, but you don't need Chukasayim for that. It's Chesha Zelachem Eshchadashim is Nissen, and it's not January. So if you have a choice, and sometimes you do, with computers taking over everything, having taken over, you don't really have a choice as much. I was at a bank a few years ago, and I wanted to write the thing I was filling out per what I'm about to suggest, which has been suggested because Mom Shik holds his mamish usher and he said you can't put uh, Gaisha dates on uh, Matsevas and also in the names. And Mom Shik is known for that, and he's, he's not alone. Maker Din, we assume, to write a secular date is not also if you're doing it for clear purposes of filling out a check, because you want the check to go through, or filling out documents. With that said, if you have a choice between writing January 1st versus 1-1, clearly you should write January 1st, because 1-1 is saying 1 is, this is the Rosh Chadashim, and that is against the Din and our whole Hashkafa Zachayim, and Ramban discusses why Nisan is Rosh Chadashim, Zachayim. So if you have a choice, write January. You don't always have a choice anymore, as you short notice in business, because the computers can't handle January. They don't know, they like numbers. So 1 1 24. So if you can't, you can't. If you can, J A N period is better than January, because then you're just making a remez, and then for the year when you can, write 24 the Streichel instead of. Because all these are Shailas, even though Mikra Din, it's Mutter, and it's not the Yisraeli Chukasem, because it's obvious why you're doing it, so that's not going to be a Chukasem issue. But it is a, it is a Maila, just out the year, which is taken from them, and the months, which is the Chesha Zelechem Chadashim. Let's go to the original Marik and Ramah, which we just mentioned. The Marik's example is a doctor who wanted to wear what he describes as a cape with a kuf. The word is cape. They had a special baguette to our white. They still wear it today. And the purpose was to identify that he was a doctor, like hanging out a shingle. And it was made up by Goyim, and there's no rhyme or reason. They picked this style of cape, and it's white, and it could have been green. And they picked it. So it doesn't really have a good reason. And Marik says clearly that it's mutter because everybody knows why you're putting it on because you want to advertise that you're a doctor. And this is what doctors wear. And everybody agrees to that because it's a milsa detam. It's not rooted in a varazara or kisha for pritzis. And that kula, which the Marik extends, he says anytime you're wearing something for the direct practical application of what you're trying to accomplish, and this is what uh, you're putting on a shetel if you're a barrister or attorney, if you're a, uh, if you're a judge in England. I think they still wear shetelach. Hopefully not from India. They didn't get into that shayla, but uh, it's still, still worn today. So why is that mutter? That's a funny minig. They thought it looked nice, and so did George Washington. I'm very patriotic, despite whatever we say here. And uh, that's what Choshev people wore. So, Quentin Marik, that's 
That's fine. It's still fine. Bismarck is there. Aren't you happy you don't live in England? I'm going to get a nasty call from somebody in London who's going to see this uh, tomorrow. Uh, but it's mutter. But mutter is mutter. Shaila is how far this goes. So again, the guy holds that if you wouldn't have thought of it yourself, you can't do it. But he's not talking about this because here you would have thought of some nice jacket to identify as a doctor. That's already close enough. The problem begins when you're wearing clothing that is somewhat pretzistic, but not enough to flag it under direct pretzis, whether for women or for men. You wouldn't imagine uh, that this would be an issue, but there's a mode of dress in the last few years by men. It's seeping in, and uh, nobody says anything because it's like, it's ridiculous we're having this problem, and I'm not even going to talk about it too long, but uh, let me just say, somebody's trying to save material in the pants. That's the only thing I can imagine. It's expensive. Things went up, and they're trying to just, you know, it's tighter because they ran out of material, I would imagine. Why else would that come up? If anybody, and you don't have to stell on it too much, but if anybody would realize where that comes from, uh, and the preachers that, that's involved, if you don't know where it comes from, it's low human key super that they're, they're bochrem who are buying this stuff. So I've, I've told it to the, mentioned to the parents, and the parents were complaining to me about it. They said, what's going on? I said, it's, preachers think it's not right, and it's, uh, you're copying Geisha dress, and that's exactly where Chukasem comes in. Because the priest's application, you can make a bracha, you can't make a bracha. That's more by the, uh, the outerwear of the Nashim Sidkanias. That's not, uh, nothing to do with us. So it's only in the Dereis Chukasem. That doesn't leave us with much. And uh, so people are complaining, you can't get anything else. I said, do you have a place you buy yeshiva pants in Muncie? That's what they're selling? They said, well, actually, they're, trying to, they're starting to get that in also a little bit, but the people who are wearing these things, they want to be cutting edge in their styles, and they're not always going to those stores. Well, that's a problem. A, you're not giving panasa to Yidin, and you're buying the wrong things. So I never thought I would have, if I would give this year five years ago, I wouldn't even have that example. But that's how bad it is, and it just seeps in, and then people get used to it, and then all of a sudden, the, well, the Bochum told me, he's starting to wonder why he feels like he can't breathe. <laughs> Why? Why? Well, we're taking this straight from the guy. We're cutting and pasting from the guy. Well, what do we need? We're strong enough and we have the ability to have our own things. So why did it go in this direction? And it's so bad, I don't notice these things. The parents are complaining to me. Like, they're not... And there's a working professional with a recent conversation I had. He said, can I mention it next time we talk about Chutkaseim? I said, mention what? So he started telling me. I said, yeah, I did notice something. Like, what's going on? He shrugged his shoulders. He says... Uh, I don't know, this guy's a CEO of a company, he knows what's going on in the world. He says, what do we need this for? Like even he, without, without understanding it's a Shiloh and it's a Dereza. That's the newest example. But there are many other examples. Our Amesha, when he talks about um, the Nashim Sidkanias, or the ones that are not yet Sidkanias, and he talks about the Pritzis, and he talks about something that's not inherently usser, but it's so stylish that you're only changing to that because the guy in dictated. And the fact that the guy in France who's making a lot of money deciding every year what the style should be, he might be Jewish. Maybe he's making a lot of money. That doesn't make it not chukasayim, obviously, because it's geisha culture. So it's not just the sneeze and what it is covering or trying to cover. It's the entire look, and the marik won't help you there because... 
there are those who argue, well, Marik says, you're just trying to wear it for covered. you got to fit in. I said, to a degree, we wear things that are in style. The question is, Ad Heichan, and when does it become an issue that you're waiting every moment for something that has a distinct Goyesha look? And that is a, a big thing, and you can't uh, blame that or pin that on the, on the Marik. Let's begin with the, while we're on the, in the clothing department. Is there an Indian? it's great for Pasha Shemais, is there an Indian Rachia for Yidin to wear clothing that is specifically Yiddish in nature? A specific dress code. So as you're well aware, in Europe, for hundreds and hundreds of years, in various communities, not all Kehillahs had this, Eastern Europe more than Western Europe, they had special clothing, and Yidin wore different clothing. Is that a din? Is that a chumrah? So as soon as you ask people that, they say, well, isn't that mamish pasha shemais? This is loshinuas mabushim. That's like everybody does that. So Amisha has a very long truva on clothing. Somebody had asked him, it was after the war, he said, my father came from Poland, and in Poland he wore a very Heimisha Bekesha, whatever it was, and it was distinct. On Tuesday, not on Shabbos. And he was in America, he said, he starts off the shoyal, says, my father's not wearing them, he's wearing a short jacket, something like this. The other one I have is only my Shabbos uh, begotten. So what's the header for this? Wear something nice for Shabbos. Why are we wearing a short jacket and a tie? So I will say that by the chesidim, they're more, this sugya is better kept is it a chumr or just a hedge against assimilation? But why would somebody not wear a tie? They look nice. The answer is a tie? Why would you have that? It's a ridiculous piece of clothing. It just makes you feel more uncomfortable. And um, whoever invented it was trying to sell something new. And what do we need this for? That, that, that doesn't make it usher. That's what Amisha is coming to talk about. So Amisha is talking about a guy who lives in Bar Park. Sounds like, or somewhere in Brooklyn, and he's going to work, and he's wearing a three-piece suit with a tie, and so is his father by now, and he's a from guy, and he asks, Amesha, what's the hetero over here? We were not wearing this in Europe. So, Amesha has to first take care of the medrash. And I say take care. If it's a gemara, you can't take care of a gemara. Medrash, you have to do a paschal like this medrash. So Amesha says... He's not saying it's not a hider and it is a hedge against assimilation. It's probably good for the Yidin, and that's why they did it for thousands of years. But we're talking about what's the din? And they didn't always do it in all areas, not all areas by the Sephardim, not by the Ashkenazim. So what do you do with this medrash? So Amesha says the medrash saved Klai Yisrael and Mitzrayim, but they had no other mitzvahs, and after Matan Terah, nothing mentioned in the medrash is Nagea Halacha Lamaisa. Amesha spells that out. Be careful how you say this over. It's not that we're not for it. Lashina Mabushon is a way to stay separate. And it saved them. They felt the Memteshari Tumas. They did everything else. They were made for bris milah. They weren't doing a bris. They were doing a varazara of some sort. But they're wearing a bekasha. That sounds like interesting to us, no? Why did that? Who thought of that? And these are the people who weren't doing a bris milah, aside from Shevet Levi. So... How that happened and how it came out that way, Stam needs further Hezber for these parishes. Paramesha says it was Gavaldic. And maybe after Mountain Terror, it's also Gavaldic, but it's not a din. And Ramesha says and brings Raya's very, very long truva. 
And he's Meyashiv the Minig in America, but it's not just America. In Western Europe, in Germany already, and in Austria, it was like this. And certain communities by the Sephardim was like this. They were not wearing anything different. There's a picture of the Rambam floating around. Somebody made it up. There's no picture of the Rambam. So I'm exactly where it came from, but there is no picture of the Rambam. They put it in every, from first grade. They used to put it in a Machberis. They used to have a picture. They, they made it up. Uh, somebody thought that this is what it, they took the turban from the Goyim, from the Arabs, and took the flowing Indians, and they made it up. So, could the Ram have looked like that? Yes. But it's right, Amadei Ashkenazim. Often they dressed like the Goyim, and often they didn't. Why? You have to know the Zayn Tuveir and the Rabbanim and the Adam, they had a feeling for it, and in certain places they felt this is an extra protection. And in Mitzrayim, it's only a protection, and it worked. Barmesha says that doesn't create a din. And there's nothing wrong with wearing a suit and a tie. But then he addresses why. It's made by Goyim, and we're taking their styles. So Moshe says, an interesting Chiddush. He doesn't think it's a Chiddush. He says, we're not taking their styles. They're making this for consumers. And Jews are also consumers. Think about that for a moment. <laughs> not a big reason that's far. And the perception or misconception is that there are those who are chaylik or emotional hold naked or din, you cannot wear a tie. And, but that's not really true. There's really nobody in print who says that Medina, anybody who's wearing an American type clothing or Western clothing is Iver and Isser. So Shaila is how bad it is. And why don't we go back to Shalom Kadmanius, and it is a help that we shouldn't be part of that culture. And Ramesh agrees with all that. Ramesh is just talking about the din. He wants to know. His father changed his dress, and now we're here. Do I have to change back? That was the Shiloh. And Ramesh said, no. Despite the Maitlis, despite the Medrash, the din is that if you're wearing it because that's what's convenient, and that's what sells, and it's not at all pretestic, it's conservative, and unlike the pants we were discussing before, and unlike many things that go out for the women, and they, Lashem Sikhaniyas, have a problem where they shop, and they're constantly fixing things, and that's understandable. But you've got to start somewhere. He says, we're consumers. They make it for consumers. Ah, 99% of the consumers are Goyim, and they're clearly making it for the Goyim. Whether the designer is Jewish or not, it's irrelevant. So Amesha does not really care about that, and he said, we're consumers, and you say, that's only no get to mass production. But Amesha doesn't say the Chili. It happens to be it's true. It's all mass-produced, but even if they had a tailor making it, and that's what they wore in the town, Ramesha would hold that that is okay. There's a Chayadam that says basically this Yesoid, and he recognized already in the time of the Chayadam, there were communities in Western Europe that were wearing what we'll call Geisha clothing, but wearing clothing like the Gaim, conservative, Tzniyazdik. And then he says, however, and this is Beferish and the Ramah, Later on, not in Hilchos Hukas Akam, which is one short simon. Chayadim says, if you have a kehila that has a kapeda to wear distinct Yiddish clothing, and now they want to change, he says it's usher, and if they're changing because the government wants them to change, it's a Shailu Yehor Vayavr. And the way it was, everybody, all the Yidden were in business, they had to travel a lot. And when you traveled in the olden days, it was always dangerous. Because if a Yid would get into a caravan and they would realize he's a Yid, push it dangerous. He wouldn't get to his destination. The, the anti-Semitism is so bad. So they developed a minig. There's a long shach on this to explain why it's mutter. They developed a minig. They would dress up as Goyim. 
And the shach says, just make sure you don't put on shotness. And if you're getting it from a guy, you're buying guys your things. There was a store you went to. I guess he walked in. I don't know exactly why the secret wasn't known. The would walk in and ask the tailor, can you make me something very guyish after going on a trip? And it was known. The Yidin, who were traveling all the time, went in the caravan and they were dressed as Goyim. So why is that mutter? The answer is it was dangerous and there was no gzeira against the Yidin to change their clothing, but that already is even a rocks at the Masada. You can't even change your shoelace. Because they mattered that, even though that was standard fare throughout Europe and everybody who traveled had to do that. The exception is, the shop brings down that you shouldn't go, they had cities, entire areas which were off limits to Jews. If a Jew would come in, they would arrest him or beat him up. So he says, to go there and dress like a guy because you want to close a deal, but you could do a deal somewhere else. He says, that you shouldn't do because you're not supposed to be there in the first place. But if you're just traveling, there's no other way to go and you can't travel unless you go incognito. Then, because but they are mekel. Not everybody's mekel, but Lamaisa, the shach's Maskana is, can you imagine? Yeah, just next time you get on a plane, go on a business trip, just realize how good we have it. Just get on and wear a yarmulke and a hat and a tzitzis around. It's just a, a different world. We have to have that in mind by Medim. But in Europe, for a thousand years plus, it was not like that, and it was Pasha dangerous. And then, the end, the Shach brings down another heter that this became so mafursum that the guy already knew, the guy figured out who was a Yid. Many others seem on him. Like I was learning Dafyami too loud or something like that. On the, uh, and um, they still did it because the Goyim had less of an excuse if you were dressed like a guy, even though they knew you were a Yid. He says, so now it's because you're not even tricking them. That was the, the Maskan of the Shach, the Shachat was Mutter before. But he says, now it's certainly Mutter because now you're not even really changing anybody's mind about your status, so you're not hiding your Yiddish guy. But all that is once they had a minig, Lahachmir. And now they want to change, so the killer should keep its minhagim. And that's why Moshe spent so long on this. He also does a push it. If you're born in America and you didn't have a minig and you just came into the Kehillah, you could put on a suit and a tie, and there's nothing wrong with that. This fellow said, I'm from Poland. I, my father tells me what they were wearing. What was the head to the switch? And then Ramesha, we're not doing justice to this chuva, this sugya, but Ramesha says that minig of Asenu is not minig of Asenu. Please don't say that in a soundbite to anybody. That sounds very strange, but it's not, because Ramesh has rise. Nobody really argues in this side. It's a dinamic amokum. And if you're in America and most people dress like regular Americans, then, and you're here and your father's here and you're in Brooklyn and you're going to Manhattan, then it's mutter. A lot of people don't know that, and, they, and we're not against Minig of Asenu. We're, we're here because of Minig of Asenu. Ramesha's not <laughs> suggesting against it. He's just talking about what the din is. He wants to know what's the heter. Why don't I have to change back to what my father's wearing in Poland? He says, you don't have to, because the din of Minig of Malcolm. Ah, the Gila now is here, and they have their own shtibel. So he basically takes from Yeridei. He says, kama, kama, bottle. And they came in, and the establishment here already was wearing a suit and a tie. That's a lot for one tshuva, and we're doing this very quickly because the mevinim over here understand at least enough to remember what to chazer. Each one of these things I'm mentioning in a minute is about 30 pages, so when you chazer it over and you find the uh, mistakes or typos, let me know. Lamaisa, Ramesh Holtz Mutter, Vikachu Aminim, I'm looking around the room, Baruch Hashem, we have Machmir, but most people, no, it's Gavaldic. That's why we're still here, clearly. But Lamaisa, Ramesh is just telling you he's not Miyashav Minig in America. He's telling you what it was in Europe and there were different Gehillas 
mostly in Western Europe versus Eastern Europe, but Western Europe, they were from also, and this was the Minig Lahokum. Travel the baseball cap with a white uh, pullover shirt uh, with seven kids dressed like Beis Yaakov girls in Europe. That's always done, and they can't figure out how they know I was Jewish. That's like, uh, that's a very, it's like a bad joke already. Uh, so I, I'm not sure exactly why. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, your father once, uh, the you were here, he said, I can't, uh, he was looking over the safe for the, the art school, I think it was the contemporary Allah. And he said, I have a shtickle there, I'm wearing, wearing a yarmulke in the office, I'm not wearing a yarmulke in the office. Amisha has a very famous shuva where he says, I uh, should wear a yarmulke and the Taz holds it's Yehovah Yahweh to take it off. Lamaisa, we don't pass like the Taz either because we don't pass like the Taz or because it's not the gear, but we're not taking it off for religious reasons because the Goyim took it off because they want to be more comfortable. That's an important yesoid. That Metzias is debated. There are those who taina that the 1960s brought with it total Hefgeris. They think that John F. Kennedy didn't wear a hat to his inauguration. That happens to be wrong. I don't know why that keeps circling around. There's a picture of the inauguration. He was wearing a hat. I think the Dean was he didn't want to because he wanted to bring in this new tkufa of Hefkeris. And I think the Rebetzin insisted he looks better in a hat or they had some sort of machlekas about it. And then uh, some of the uh, senators said, you got to wear a hat at the Bizayin. He, wore, he was wearing a hat there. But we all, if you ever saw a picture of Kennedy, if all of you don't know who he is, then Ashrechem. Uh, but if you remember, there was a president like that. Uh, he stood for the new... Hefkeris, and he was came out never found with a hat besides that inauguration. So Ramesha is assuming not so. This is an important historical point that affects the din. Ramesha says, why aren't they wearing yarmulkes and hats? Because it's not comfortable. Well, if you were a guy, why do you want to wear a yarmulke? I have another thing on your head. So the Taz is saying it's also because the church insisted you've got to take off your hat and your yarmulke, if you walk into a church, and they still have that. You walk into the Senate, they insist you take off your hat, and we finally got them to agree you could keep on a yarmulke if you happen to be there. But the Taz is saying it's a religious thing, so therefore we can't give in. Ramesha says it's not religious anymore. They're doing it because it's more comfortable. There are those who taina that, your average American doesn't know this, but they did it as a society because they want to have carers. That's, that's a nafkamina between, a big nafkamina between the two reasons. Ramesha doesn't go with that, and he says, we don't pass like the Taz over here. It wouldn't be Nagaya. And if you have to be in the office and you can't wear yarmulke, then it's mutter. Of course, you've got to say, Asher I This is already, Baruch Hashem, the last uh, 20 years, in New York at least, most of the time, you can wear a yarmulke in the office. But uh, just a generation ago, it was standard that people were not. And how do you say Asher So I remember people told me that in the earlier days, they had a problem, they saved it all for the end, which you can't do. Because if you have to use the facilities again, you lost your Asher Yatzer. Simple things like that. You've got to make a shakla. So that needs a yarmulke. You can't make a brach without a yarmulke. But you could sit there without it. So I remember uh, he said he can't wrap his hands around that because he said, how can you sit in the office without a yarmulke? <laughs> so I uh, finally figured out that I was um, looking, Baruch Hashem, and I, I said, if you would sit without a yarmulke, it wouldn't do anything. They take off the yarmulke, go to the office. Right? They don't ever figure it out, right? It's good on, right? So, <laughs> so Baruch Hashem, we're at a point. You want to get to this out, you want so take off a yarmulke. They know I'm Jewish. They know I'm the company rabbi. So Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem is not going to do anything. So we don't use the kula, but that doesn't mean that Ramesha didn't say it and didn't mean it. And out of town today, it's still nagea. It still comes up. And Ramesha says that's not chukasem and it's not a religious thing and you're not giving in. Lushitoso on the suit and the tie. 
It's the same exact thing. They want to be comfortable. This is what they wear. It's not pizza stick. It just doesn't look very Yiddish. But if you have a guy who's clean-shaven and he's wearing a suit and a tie, he's not wearing a yarmulke, he's trying to fit in. And if they don't give him the job, if he wears a yarmulke, which was standard in law firms and most other firms, then with Mutter, Baruch Hashem, we don't need to use it today. And it's not good for your Ruchnius to sit without a yarmulke for many reasons if you can wear a yarmulke, and I tell this to young B'nai Teira, if they're going to an industry with this Ashayla, don't show up to the interview without a yarmulke and then put one on, because that's going to be his nas. So he says, no, no, I want them to hire me, and then they can't get out of it because there's going to be a lawsuit. I said, that's going to be his nas. He said, why do they have a right not to hire me as I'm wearing a yarmulke? I said, you've really been in Gullis too long. He said, we have rights. I said, well, no, we don't. <laughs> it's a, just in Chesha Mishman. I have a firm. My name is uh, Paul Johnson. I don't have a right to hire people who I think would be better for my business. This can sound anti-Semitic, so don't... Uh, <laughs> I, I can't decide that I don't want a guy leaving early on Shabbos. It happens to be against the law, Baruch Hashem, and I'm all for it. It'll create uh, more jobs for Yidin. But you have to be upfront about it because he might not want, in his law firm, somebody representing me because he might be afraid that one of the other... People in the room, like the jury, might be not favorably disposed to the case if you show up at the Amica. And we hold that's not fair, and we can sue, and Baruch Hashem is a free country, and we can sue. That's a suable offense if you find out that's not where you got the job. But a Chesha Mishput, you can say, look, I'm Orthodox, I'm very proud of it, I'm coming to the thing, that's great, but don't be going to his das and say I'm not, and then, so there's a, what I just said is not partial, I realize it, and th- this comes up. And people have done it, and I told them, show up with it, because otherwise you're going to have problems later, and they're going to have tainas, and they'll find something else, they're going to be in a lawsuit, and they're like, you've got to work for a living, you don't have time for this. But the DN was, is this really a chashmi? If I'm standing up for my rights, do I, can I trick him to doing what the law says? That's not so pushed in this case. There's something to think about just from the chashmish, but then the bar chashmi, it doesn't come up, and if it does, I don't think a person should take the job, because it's not good for your rookies to sit with that yarmulke. And they should know you're the company rabbi, and they won't say certain things in front of you, and they won't do certain things in front of you, and you all experience this. They're always, they, for some reason, the average Akum can't control his speech for some strange reason, just can't control himself. And every time they know in front of you, you don't like to hear this stuff, and they say, pardon my French, or whatever expression they're going to use, and then they do it anyway. But at least they're excusing, at least they feel a little uncomfortable because you're wearing a yarmulke. So that's good. Without yarmulke, you're defenseless, and you get drawn in to the same ridiculous, damaging conversations and, and language. So it's a good idea to keep it on, even if I'll be din and we've muttered to uh, take it off. Let's move on. There's a lot more to say in the clothing. Sam Sefer has a tshuva where he talks about uh, clean-shaven versus having a beard. And uh, somebody once asked, Abhmesha, why well, never put any tshuvas in print about shavers being mutter, which is the big sugya and the big machlekes. There's no tshuvas. So he answered, very matter-of-factly, in Yiddish, but I'll translate it. He said, I don't want to put a chuva on it because I'm not pushing it because a yid should have a beard. End of the discussion. That was his answer. So there's a clear Teresh Balpeh, what Amesha said, and the lift and cut is a little less clear, but what the, where the sugi goes over there. But the question is, why isn't being clean-shaven in Issa Dereis Hukasem? Is that something clearly was Yiddish because apidin, you had to have, the shavers didn't work that well and the cream was a bit dangerous and uh, you have to know how to use it. Bachram did use it in Europe and I know two Bachram in America. Now they're 80 years old. I know only two. And the one of them said they were the only two. 
in America. One was in Tells, one was in Baltimore, and they the only two Bachram who used the cream. Everybody else is using shavers already, so the truth is were discussed were sort of Achramaisa, but it didn't start in America, it started in the Born Shavers, came out in in the Germany already in the in the thirties. And um, my uh, my grandfather told me, grew up in Europe, he said, just for a piece of hashkafa, just a piece of history, and I thought this is a pretty important piece of information of how bad things were. He said, that the shaver came out when it did. Because so many people were off, and so many people became askilim. So many, the people who were from, if they had to struggle with this, it would be it dangerous. He said he was there. He grew up. He was there when it came out. A born shaver. Created in Europe. So, Kosh Baruch Hu knows a weakness of a dar and knows when we need something. And if it's mutter, it's mutter. So, Ramayshe was not the only one. Many held it was mutter. The Shaila is, in terms of Chukasayim, it's not, it's a very Gaisha look. So, Sam Sefer has a truva on this. And he talks about people who were traveling. Same problem. They're getting dressed with the Gaisha clothing. And they were already on clean shave in the time of Sam Sefer. So, he says, a big aside in Chukasayim. He says that if you would do something be'isser as a yid, and ten didn't do it, Rahmallah Sana, a hundred, a whole community is doing it be'isser, that doesn't matter chukasayim. But you can't say, now it's a Yiddish Ramini because everybody's doing it. They did it be'isser, that doesn't count. And some Sefer holds like that, many hold like that. He says, however, if they did it beheter, even though it was an unusual circumstance and it became the minik, then it's no longer a Gai Shazach. And he tells over the legend of the story of the king in Poland who couldn't grow a beard, a guy. Because he's a guy, he's a king in Poland. Despite the fact that for one day there was a Yiddish king in Poland, but I'm not sure that happened. Um, so, Lamaisa, <laughs> he made Xera on to the old monarchies, really had it uh, interesting matzah. Whenever they had a personal issue, they just made Xera in the whole Medina. So he didn't want to feel uncomfortable. So they made Xera that everybody has to take off their beards. It wasn't against the Jews, it was for all subjects in Poland. And overnight, everybody was clean-shaven. So did the Yidin have a heter for that? The answer is yes, because it wasn't a gzera against the Yidin. And once they did it beheter, and that, t- together with the fact they had to travel, it was convenient, Sam Sefer says it's mutter. So despite the fact that Ramayusha didn't want to write a tshuva because the Yid should have a beard if he can, there's apidin, if you hold shave as a mutter, which is a big machlekes, they're more isim than mekilim, but the minig in America certainly is like Ramayusha. And then the shaila is the tzura of a Yid. So Ramayusha says, apiyashkofa, tzura of a Yid, if you could do it, but... It's not also, Sam Sefer already said, there's no Shailuch Hukasayim, even though Yidin always had a beard, and this really was pushed by the Gayim, but it wasn't started against the Jews, and the Heter then for Pekun Fashis with the king of Poland was, that Gezeir was for Yidin and Gayim, and all the people that did it, and that Dar did it by Heter. That's what Sam Sefer says. So it's not a Hukasayim issue, even though we better to have one if you can uh, retain it. good news is I only have uh, another 29 stickies here, so we're going to have to pick just a few, and then you'll let me know when your uh, carpool is in the afternoon. The Gain has another shita, which Mishabur brings down. This is already a well-known machlekes, because it's machlekes and menhagim, ariyamazeh. Gain holds that if the Gaim are doing something in their religious ceremonies, in their churches, 
it becomes usher for us unless it's a chi of the rice in the first place. The dogma, the Gayim copied most of our, our minhagim when they wanted to and most of the yamtevim and they made their own chagas. So, hope you don't know this, but uh, on Sukkot we take Lulav and Esrig and they have uh, one of their chagas they called Palm Sunday and they take a Lulav basically in a different form. It's a in the sugya sukkah, whether it's uh, already puzzled, but uh, they didn't ask those shilas. So, so they, and this is, uh, it's a great example because, according to what the, we're about to hear from the guy, why is not Asr if they're doing it now in their service? The answer is it's a chiv daraisa, so they can't Asr a mitzvah on us. So if it's a chiv daraisa so or darabanon, they can't Asr it. If it's a minig, the guy holds that we cancel the minig. And this comes up on Shavuos because they decorated their churches with trees and flowers and the like. It's not referring to December 25th. People think it is. That's a toast. The, this chaga they're referring to is actually around Shavuos time, which made it worse. And the guy held that there's no chiv d'areis and no chiv d'arabonon. It was a minig. We should cancel the minig. And there are other examples where the guy says this and the Ramah says we have the minig already and we keep it. Interesting application of this is Les Mandapolig. We just had Hanukkah. This business of giving gifts on Hanukkah certainly grew in America, and it's not just a function of that we have more money. That too, but that's not where it's coming from. Anybody wants to be honest? It's coming because it happens to land in the time of the year where we won a machom against the Misyavnim, and they made up a story, and they both landed around Kislev. One in December, one in Kislev, unfortunately. So, and, and there are people still denying this. There are people who will deny that somebody landed on the moon, but that's, uh, it's more convenient to deny it. They say, no, no, our giving gifts have nothing to do with that, just a coincidence. So, there was a minig in Europe to give Hanukkah gelt. There was such a minig. Hanukkah gelt, some explain these to give a tip to the Rebbe, so the, the Bachar who's bringing it uh, wanted his own. He's the Shlia, so they gave him something also. Or stama yantiv, you want to give the kids some nash. We have that by every yantiv. We don't have a big issue with that. Hanukkah gelt. We're not talking about Hanukkah gelt. Nobody gives. I'm like, nobody. But that's, that's not what people are doing. They're buying actual gifts and they're wrapping them, sometimes in red and green wrapping paper. Like, so one guy who was arguing, and he wouldn't stop because apparently he likes to give, he says, we have something else for every night and it keeps growing. I said, do you put it under the menorah also? Like when you come out in the morning? I was like... So he said, no, I would never do that. So that guy or she doesn't want to be. So there's something very strange going on, for sure. And suddenly, so Hanukkah Gelt is okay. Rabbi Yankiv happens to say, when they asked about it, he said, they stole it from us, which is, that's a great issue. But if you're talking about Hanukkah Gelt, they want to give a little gift, they give a little gift. But if it starts looking very familiar from your next-door neighbor, who is not a Yid, then something is wrong. So the guy would say that if they start doing this in their service, the good news is they don't do it in their service. It's not, we're not here, we don't have enough time to explain the sugya, let alone uh, Christian theology, but uh, it's not part of their service. It's one of their customs that they do. It's not, they don't do this in church. So it's not clear the guy would assert it, but if it would fit into his gedda, he would say, it's not a chiyadar, it's not a chiyadar, if we had the meaning, we should get rid of it. 
So he wouldn't say it over here, but I don't believe it's part of their service. It's just we have to have a feel for the sugya. And the feel for the sugya clearly is if it starts looking too guyish, then something is wrong with it. So that would be another example, even though the guy himself, I believe, would not say that you actually have to stop giving Hanukkah guilt. Just we have to keep it the Klal Havadullah for law. And in Yanei Tfila, interestingly enough, there are more Achrayinim besides the guy who bring this down. We don't daven, if you look in Tanakh, Chumish, Navi, Daniel, Meshra, Benu, if they had a serious Tfila, they would start going like this. And we don't. If you see somebody doing that, uh, don't embarrass him. But after you finish Shemana Esrei, you go over, like any Musa, you give him a few compliments first, that I really admire your kavana. And uh, I even admire that you probably got that particular stance from Meshra Benu or Daniel, some other tzaddik, and really Gavaldik. And just want you to know, even if just for Shaduchim purposes, it's not such a, not such a great idea. And the Achrayim point out that we don't do it. You can't, if somebody's doing it, you can't say did an Isra, but we don't do it. Why don't we do it? Like for serious, serious, Abano needed Aaron Achur to, uh, we won the battle against Amalek with that. That's pretty important, huh? So why don't we do it? The answer is the Goyim started making a big thing out of that, so we don't do it. And there are all sorts of examples, which is fascinating. Sounds like the Goyim, but it's not just the Goyim over here. Other Acharnim pointed out. And uh, there are other, and this is like a classic, if you had to, uh, Tzura of Tefillah, and we're not doing it. And Hishtachava, other reasons we don't do it, Evan Maskis, so we do it in Yom Kippur, and we make sure it's not Evan Maskis, but we don't do Hishtachava too much either. Your grandmother will tell you, we don't bow down. That's Pashat, right? Why not? The answer is because it conjures up, which is not a great expression for this sugya involving Kishuf, but it uh, reminds us of what the Gayim are doing and what they hold is like an Iker Yisoyed, and it's a lot about bowing down to Geshkas, and we don't do that. Which, just by the way, again, this is not, uh, hopefully not Nagea to anybody sitting here, but it's like other things that seep in. It was shocking when I first heard this. It wasn't that long ago. It's a chassan who was, uh, well, when I heard it, he was already a chassan. Uh, he was uh, going out, which is already a kula. I don't want to sound too Hamish, even though half my family comes from Vizhnitz, but uh, it sounds like, the din is we should really have a b'sho. Ten minutes, an hour, and that's it. We have a kula, so we've got once, twice, three times, four times. It keeps getting longer and longer, and everybody has nerve in, and uh, so we give in to that somewhat, and I've asked all my Rosh as you have, like, why is this mutter? This is like an Issa Dereso, like either get married, you know, like it's a good kasha. And he says, Nervin. Okay, so we keep on extending it. I talk to Bachram all the time in the Parsha, and uh, I usually put my foot down after a certain number, depending on the matzav. And we all have experienced this with ourselves, with our children. It, a lot of that comes from the Goyim. Because the Goyim would say, well, you know, you never know, and uh, what's going to happen, and yeah, you know, we know each other, that's all, that's chukah same, without a particular maizah, just a mahalach. The whole thing is chazah treif. We do it because we can't cut it down to zero because of nervin. Just keep that in mind, like when you hit high numbers, like double digits, I start seeing uh, red, which, that's expression itself, is, uh, needs, needs bedikah, but... Uh, it's Adhech and Advar Magian, like they're sitting there schmoozing with somebody that normally we call that an Isidoresa, and uh, it just keeps going and going. So that's not the main time over here. So a guy tells me that he, um, he finally, uh, somebody finally talked into him that he really has to like sort of ask her officially to get married so they can get married and have a short engagement to get married because uh, this can't go on. 
And Baruch Hashem, he did so. The only small little problem, there are two problems now. One is it's a whole geshef now. It's like making another chasna. It's, it's a waste, a shot on good Jewish guilt. And uh, everybody's keeping up with the Joneses. That's also from the Goyim. And I'm from the Goyim. They hold this, they'll go, and they'll go to a stadium, and they'll do uh, it's, it's also some Mishagasim. But then he tells me that uh, he was very carefully only bowed down on one knee. When I first heard this, I didn't know what he was talking about. And I know what's going on in the world. I didn't know what he was talking about. I said, he what? He said, I only bowed down on one knee. You know, my grandmother wouldn't be too happy. Bowed down on both knees. And it's not a good precedent for the marriage. Bowing down on one knee. I said, you bowed down? Can you imagine? And this guy was asking me the Shaila. I said, this guy's a Ben Terry? He said, yeah, in other areas. It's just a Tinish Nishpa then. Ben Terry is the Tinish That's straight imported from the Goyim. Now, everybody's giving me a blank stare. Do you ever hear that such a Musik exists out there? Lo Yuman. That Ben Terry is supposed to be bowing down on the knee. So I said, is there an Isser? I'm very big on not creating Isser. There's no Isser. Can't give Malkus, can't even give Malkus Maradis. There's no Isser. But <laughs> there's certain things that we're not davening in that position because they try to avoid the whole thing. When I've been stretching out our hand, we're bowing down. It's not the, the shtachava, it just shows you, you want to know something is not Yiddish. If you just think about it honestly for a minute, you know, that's not, we have a Maseira, and that's not part of it. That was taken from the Goyim. Why are we doing that? Yeah. There's no Zeshtachva. I'm very nervous about Chukasayim, and even if I wouldn't get Chukasayim, by the way, carries with it regular Malkus, like 39 if you're healthy. If not, we'll get the doctor to weigh in. It's a real list of the races, not just Hashkafa. I'm worried about, I won't give Malkus yet because I like to do that with other Dayanim at my side, but, uh, but that is taken straight from the Goyim. And it's not like we, we did not do it because we didn't think of it, but now that we think of it, it makes a lot of sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. And we don't bow, we have a minute not to bow down the knees. You can don how entrenched that minig is, but we do have such a minig, and everybody knows that. Anybody honest will say, yeah, you, you didn't go in their knees. I've had people, contractors, who tell me that they will be installing wiring and they will be on their side rather than go down their knees, which is real mysterious nefesh. You can go down on your knees if you're fixing a pipe, right? But they don't even do that because that's not a Yiddish shazach. I think that's a humor. But I'm not, I don't want to overfocus on the knee. It's that we're taking things from the Goyim. And uh, so one guy tried to be Ashiv, he said, no, it's a place in California that will remain nameless here in the base Medrash. And it's taken from there, and they're all Yidden. I hope he was joking, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, they're all Yidden who are off the derech already, four derechs, have no shaykhs to Yiddishkeit, unfortunately. And did a lot of damage in this country and every other country. That's where we're taking it from. See, he's made it to me. He's made the mixes. That's where it's from. So I'm choshish that is a, I'm not ready to get malchus on it, but we don't have to be makbid only when we're sure it's malchus. It's when we're trying to stay away. The whole concept of the chukasayim is to stay away from these things. So that's a pretty troubling example, and uh, this is not something that should be done. And it, it comes just to make matters worse, by the way. Forget the shtachava part. The reason they're going to do it is they're trying to create something in the relationship that isn't even true. But I would need three hours in Shalom Bayez classes to explain why it's krum besides the shtachava. And, and that that's, might be a bigger issue. Because in the last 10 years in this country, we, they basically have redesigned every relationship. And in doing that, they have redesigned 
who the players are in the relationship. That's all calculated by real apikursim. We thought Haskalah was like a thing of the past, who are so militant and so well-funded that they're destroying any vestige of any morality for the Goyim by just redefining everything so you can't even find it if you were looking for it. So this is part of it. Not the worst of them, but very much part of it. The next sugya, if we ever uh, come back here, is the, after these 130 or 40 shirim was low silbush. Uh, that became more nogea than I wanted it to be, as this sugya is more nogea than I wanted it to be. But that's getting worse, not better. So you're doing something to show a shibud. And I had discussion with a few people after I gave that shir a couple of years back, and they came to me and they started defending the guy. And they said, no, no, don't we have shibudim in the ksuva? I said, yeah, it's the whole parak afalpi and ksuvas. And you know, a lot of shibudim. There's shibudim, there's chiyuvim in both directions. Going down the knee is imported from a foreign hashkafa, both mitzad the knee and mitzad what it's representing. And this is uh, not from our Masera. That's the, that's the issue. So if you happen to be talking to any young bacharim who were told by his friends that this is now the mahalach and there's a room to be makel, I, uh, I beg to differ. And we certainly, no one's going to argue that we need this, that it's good for us. Again, the shayla would be, is that the clear-cut is the derais or not. Ramesha discusses in a chasna ceremony. This you won't come up with, and nobody asked me this, Lamaisa, but uh, with not yet from people, this is very common, but they do a double-ring ceremony. The double ring ceremony is not just chukasayim. Ramesha says it's also chukasayim. And it's in the same hashkafa, by the way. That there's no shibudim one direction, the other direction. Everybody's 100% equal. And to show that, they would say, if you explain to them the kenyanim and kedushin, which Mestami has spent four months in first seder on, just on that base, the kenyan, however you want to say it, and there are more caustic ways to say it in front of certain people, but however you want to say it, Ish is being kind of the Isha. And in all of society today, they would take tremendous, tremendous exception to such a musug, that such a musug even exists. Hence the double ring ceremony. So what do you mean? You're giving me a ring? You're not being kind to me. You know, I want to give me a ring? I'll take a ring. I'm going to give you a ring. That's where it comes from. So there are other precarious also. So double ring ceremony might puzzle the Kedushin if she doesn't have <coughs> Das to be Makna herself. This should sound familiar. Yes, I'm going to get to ball games in a minute. As soon as we finish the chasana, then they go to the ball game afterwards. But I'm going to, I'm going to right, right away. Uh, no, I'm glad you mentioned it because I don't want to, we're going to run out of time. So uh, we almost did. So the doubling ceremony, well, might possibly the Kedushan Legamri. And certainly it's Kukasayim, because again, you're importing their way of doing their, they would hold it's not a Kenyan, of their way to do what we call something which is very Helig Chup of Kedushin, and that's their way of getting married. So you're importing it from them, and it happens to be, besides the Kukasayim, it would Asalagamri. The sports is actually the surprising Kula in the Sugya. Ramesha has a truth about sports. Somebody asked him, is it Kukasayim? And Ramesha said that it wasn't. Even though you picture culture, in America, represented by sports is a big thing. So why isn't this Spitz Hukasayim? Why? There are many other issues, and I will certainly mention them. So I, uh, I, we're not, uh, Ramesh is not suggesting you go. 
and everybody, I just, uh, Baruch Hashem, uh, we've been in America a long time, and I know the history, so when people come with these funny kashas, you know, with answers, everybody right away says, I'll, I'll deal with what you said first. Ramesha talks about the Chilkasein, Isser or lack thereof. You can't put yourself in a matzav, needless to say. These are common of common Gemaras and Psukim, Kemp is out of a matzav where Inyan Eitzniyas are not being upheld, and you're forced into a Stakla Shalisser, and then you're forced to being not in your right mind to Dab Mincha because the guy in front of you is smoking something and all sorts of other interesting things that happens in these places. And all this is very real and very common. And you can't put yourself sitting with hilarious and uh, you can't put yourself in a place where you and your children have a bad ashba. So everybody starts telling me all the stories of all the Russian shivas in the 1950s who, um, who brought their kids to ball games. And some of them are even true. And no shaykhs to what's going on today. You know that, uh, and there's actually a picture, somebody found it for me. A ball game in the 40s, Lemis Berm. The whole crowd was there, dressed up with top hats, I kid you not. Top hats and suits and ties. It was like an event. And you went, it was very proper. I don't know exactly if the guy hit a home run, how they got up and cheered and that such, uh, okay, Akash and Amaisa. But they, they, it was a very official thing and, and no one was... Smoking, I don't know if they allowed drinking, but everybody was dressed quite well. There were, the stock list wasn't necessarily the issue. It could still be an issue, but that wasn't the immediate problem. Today, I, I don't have to tell you, it's complete hefkeris. And put yourself in a matzah where you're a captive audience for four hours, and something like this, I'm still waiting for somebody to tell me a coherent heter. Coherent. It's something that doesn't have any guilty feelings in it, why he's meyashev, why he's doing this. What's the heter? So, so I'm not sure if, what? So Baruch Hashem, that's an excellent question. Baruch Hashem, Achshadeira, in the past 20 years already, 40 years ago, it wasn't like that. For the past 10 years, there is no Bentera that goes to any of these events because we now have the Kayach, the financial clout, to take over the entire park. The camps do it, the Chalamoid trips do it, Achshadeira, because of the Kasha you're asking. It's a problem. It's a problem. How do you do it? So they don't want the problem and they book the whole thing. Do they always do that? If you live out of town, do you always have access? No. And then you've got to figure out the sugya of Efshavalakim Achavin, the whole sugya Mesachim. And that's where the Shaila starts. And to Miyasha, the meaning of those who live out of town and don't have access to these things, and they're just going on their own little matzav, how do you put yourself in a matzav like that? So then, if you decide you need to go, and you need the fresh air, you need a vacation, this is the only place to go, and you're trying your best in the Shemir Sanayim, then Taka, there's what to discuss. But don't bring rayas from what the Rosh Hashivas were doing uh, for their kids who had, who were probably in public school, who they were, and didn't have what to look at, and didn't have where to go, and the matzah and sneas was a thousand times better. It is no similarity, living or dead, to what's going on in stadiums today. And I haven't seen one in decades and decades, but the, those who are there report to me, they said, you know, Rav, honestly, it's, it's pretty bad. So the guys, some of the guys in the shul fixed the problem. They said, we now rent our, our own booth and we have it catered and we have Dafyomi and Mayerv and we're level field. And I said, that's very, if you're going already, that's very good. That's the solution. It happens to cost a couple of dollars, but that's a great, that's a great solution. If you're doing it, then that's, that's certainly the way to go. Otherwise, uh, the camps and the Cholomite trips are trying to make it more Kedusha Tyra. And if you don't have that, there's a sugya of Yev Shavalok and So, those are the problems. The Meshav Leitzim, the Bittel the Pritzis, and all the other things going around. But Al-Tzchuk 
Ramesha says clearly, it's not in Sechuk Ah, it spits American culture. He says, he brings a right, he says the Galachim don't like it either. It's not a religious thing, it's not rooted in Avodah and it makes enough sense. They're playing a game, the game doesn't make sense, they made up the rules, but you're getting fresh air, they're running around there, so Ramesha holds a sport as a game, makes sense enough that it's not Sechuk Hasem. So it's interesting. Well, the place to make all, that's his, well, his Shuva, and he holds it's clearly not an Issa Dereis of Chuk what was that? Because Ramesha says, you want to put turkey on the menu, he has no problem with it. But they hopped on that this is all about turkey. If you have chicken, you're not Yetzi. Whatever that means. Right? <laughs> well, that's part of the problem. I didn't mention, because I'm trying to cover ground, Victor Miller and others, a footnote held like this also, is that they hold it's mamish also chukasem, and it is rooted in Avodah Zarah. It's a Christian holiday, and there are many, many riots historically like that. Ramesha held not so. Today it's secular, and it's hard to know what. But that's the in the Metzias. Then it's zicha aser. Ramesha says al stus vehevel shabai. If you want to have thanks and you want to give thanks to the Medina, we have no problem with July Fourth. I spoke to Rabbi David. That's all. I asked him, is there any problem with fireworks on July Fourth? Fireworks, by the way, anything to do with fire is usually rooted in Avodah And fireworks, by the way, were created and branded and exported by the Chinese. Adayamazeth. But they did it, and all the Chinese and the fire, they're all hardcore of Avodah And I'm strongly chayshish that fire was, I'm not chayshish. I did the research, and it had to do with their Avodah customs. So I asked him delicately, I'm not looking to Asr fireworks either, even though it seems to be in Rockland County till recently, they Asr it probably because of the shash of Chukasayim, and then they mounted it. Because they're getting more liberal. Uh, so my kids, when they mounted it, a few years ago, they mounted it, my kid asked, can we shoot some fireworks? You know, the big backyard. So I said, yes, you absolutely can on July 5th. Um, I, I might just get into the Shaila, but, uh, but you can. So they were fine with that. They didn't know. They said, why not? Uh, July 5th is fine. They didn't even hop that the, the Hanhaga is July 4th. So that's good. Our yeshivas are doing a great job. So... I asked of David, why isn't it Asr? See, he, see, he heard what I was asking. He says it's not Asr because it became an international symbol of celebration and you can't Asr a fire like they bow down to the sun. They're not going to Asr the sun. It's too basic, even though it is rooted in Avodah Zarah. That's a Kiddush. But Lamaisa, he held it was Mutter. I would still say it's an advantage to do it July 5th. You don't have to Dafka do it when they say, but even on July 4th, Pasha's it's Mutter. As is Memorial Day, Zicha Mutter. Try to matter whatever legal holidays you're learning here anyway. It doesn't make a difference. Memorial Day is mutter. July 4th is mutter. Veterans Day is mutter. Father's Day and Mother's Day is questionable. It's mamasha davashoshtus. They hold you can serve breakfast in bed one day a year and then mavaza them the rest of the year. And we have a problem with that. It's in the Aseris Adibris and we don't agree. So the fact that there's one day for keep it off aim is very mudna. I'm not ready to answer it because this could be a keep it of aim issue if they expect it. So if they don't expect it, you don't have to bring it up. If they expect it, then serve some bagels and bring it up to the, bring it up to the room and uh, treat them well. If not, if nobody expects it, don't start it because it is mudna. To have one day, they said, what's wrong one day? We're just highlighting it. No, they're not. They're pottering themselves the rest of the time and that's even assuming they even know who their parents are and they have any shaykhs to a family, which is where we're holding. So it's a problem. Uh, but it's not, not also enough that I'm going to start up with Kibbutz of Aim as by Thanksgiving. I have a lot of coolers. I tell them to go because to start a family fight, God will show them. If they're Sadam Lahakal, Victor Miller holds there's no Sadam Lahakal. Ramesha held there were, but he didn't like them. Others say it's par enough and they're not that worried about the turkey. 
uh, the turkey is is strange, and that is the problem. And we're not a problem that we're eating turkey, assuming it's kosher, which is a separate din. The minute is the hokal on that. If you were serving anything and turkey was also part of the menu, you wouldn't have an issue with it. But it's not. It's the hot hog of turkey. We're going to just go another few minutes since we're out of time. And we'll let you uh, catch up on the rest of it later. Somebody wanted to tell that giving a diamond ring by a common law engagement, even if you didn't bow down and you contained the proposal to under $10,000 of celebration, which I hope is the case, it's really out of control. Some of the things that are being done are... And that's a problem because halacha l'maysa, despite all the... Uh, the kanos about it, if she expects it and this is going to become a problem, I have a lot of kulus. But how did we get here? That's the, that's the problem. It comes straight from the Goyim and it has to be uh, reset a little bit. So somebody wanted a taina that giving a diamond ring is chukah sam. That's absolutely not true and it's, uh, it's not even a shayla. I mean, it's a shayla. You can ask the shayla. First of all, diamonds were actually marketed and brought to the world by Yidin, the Oppenheimer family in South Africa. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying they were from, and that normally doesn't change things, but they were just brilliant at marketing. They took something 150 years ago, which was in the domain of royalty, of the Queen of England. It wasn't against the common man, and they marketed it. It was, uh, if you're looking to market something in your business, so just look at that model. It's Hafluvafella. They basically convinced the whole world that you're not engaged if you don't get her a diamond ring. And Lahayavalanivra, but it didn't happen to be, it didn't come from Goyim, it was masterminded by, by Jews in the diamond trade, which was the most convenient and safe thing to do in Europe as you're running from pogrom to pogrom and inquisition to inquisition. It was something you can carry along. That's why Jews are diamond dealers. And these Jews were such diamond dealers, they were mining it from the ground in South Africa. And that's Gavaldic. They made a lot of money. Uh, the fact that Goyim are doing it, Yidin are doing it concurrently, it wasn't a Goyish thing that we picked up. It was done at the same time, and that's why I'm mentioning the history. So it's not chukah sayim. And the Gemara talks about giving gifts. A ring is a gift. That, that can't be chukah sayim, and there's, there's nothing wrong with it. Again, when it becomes baltashchis uh, and shayla, uh, people can't afford it, it's a different sugya, but it's not, not this sugya. Two more things about the uh, lavush. If, again, for a ben terah, this should not come up. We're trying to produce ben terah, so that's why this sugi is important. Is anything wrong? Ben azmanim, you're playing ball anyway, and you want to get a t-shirt or a sweatshirt which has a picture of some chaya on it. I'm not talking about lions. So, is there anything wrong with that? The answer is, you can wear something that's comfortable. And you can wear something that's even in style if they made it for you and Goyim and consumers. To wear something that pretzis doesn't just mean how long a dress or a skirt is. Pretzis, and they use the Lashanis, Gaiva, Shachat. Why don't we like red? What's, what's inherently pretzis? They are red. It's not the length over there. It can be quite long and not even tight. But we have a problem with red. Why do we have a problem with that? The answer is it attracts attention. So to pick clothing that is very loud or attracts attention because it has a wild picture on it, is already a problem. It's a problem for Ben Teira, just Stam, and his whole Hashkaf is a Chaim. And it's a problem with Chukasayim, because that's what Big Day Shachatz and Gaiva is. Add on to that, if you have a picture of a particular person, that is a separate Isra of Losichanim. The biggest compliment you can give to the Chaya you're putting on your shirt is when you walk around with his picture. That means you idolize him. That's where the expression comes from. So that's a separate iser. So 
I've been asked by many uh, people and teenagers who are struggling with this. He says, if I certified he's not a Chaya, I don't know how he did that, and he's just a good player, can I put his picture on? I said, I've no Taina, he's making a Panosa, and he's keeping a lot of people busy in the field, better that than destroying U.S. cities and stealing from all the stores. I'm all for it, and, uh, and that's great. But you having me a shirt means that you look up to him so much, you got up in the morning and he's the guy you want to advertise. That's a less economy issue. Maybe it's not Hukasem in that case if he's a normal-looking guy and he doesn't represent the counterculture and he's a family guy. Maybe. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't be Gaivin Shachat. You just wanted to less economy. Why would you want to start off with an Issa Dereisa when you get dressed in the morning? Like What for? Why would you want to take a risk? It's just not, uh, it's not, more than not yeshivish. It's like, it's not good. If anybody's going to, you want to play ball, play ball. If you're following to that extent that that's your whole life and you want to parade around, then there's a problem and there will be a problem with obviously the Ali and Ruchnius and everything that comes along with it. Two more things about baseball players and we'll save the rest for some other time. Uh, these two uh, people got, uh, it was a very loud discussion especially when I mention it in camp, because in camp these things come up more because they, after first aid there, they're playing ball. And after I try to convince them, there's no reason to lose the precious mitzvah of tzitzis for two hours busy playing ball. And then they come up with all these chumras that it's not bekovedik and they, they get off a shvist and they, they, it's not nice and it's dripping. I said, uh, your grandparents worked in a sweatshop. They wore tzitzis. They said, what's a sweatshop? I said, kishmoi kahu. Not hard to figure out. They sweated. Nothing wrong with that. Why would you want to take off your tzitzis? So then they say, we're, we're not going to be able to play. It's not comfortable. We're going to lose the game. I said, on good authority, I can give you a long list of fine Bene Terra who never lost the game. And they wore tzitzis. I said, it's a schooler. Once I say that, then everybody keeps it on. And that's Gavaldic. So now we finish with the tzitzis. Even though you can argue it's not a chiv, it's a chiv, it's gavra, only once it's on you. He's not wearing gavra kavra. I can make the arguments why you can take it off. And you can't tell the guy doing an iser. But what for? Why should you run around without tzitzis for three hours? And they started asking me, uh, how about the pool? I said, there are Mekel. They asked that facetiously, obviously. <laughs> trying to start up. So then it comes to uh, what they're wearing. So I had to find out where this came from, but I knew it didn't come from a good place because Yidin are very logical, and if they're doing something that's strange and crazy, it's because they're copying some guy who was doing it to attract attention and do something strange. That's, that's what Hukasem is all about. So... I don't know, about uh, 20 years ago so. I don't, I don't remember when it started, but uh, everybody here is um, young, so you might think this was the standard way to wear it. But uh, just a, uh, a quick 10-second tutorial on a baseball cap you asked about before. Baseball caps have visors in the front. You know why? Because it blocks the sun. So when you look up and you try to catch the ball, you block the sun, and that way you can catch the ball. No, that makes sense. And if you're traveling in Europe and you don't want to be Jewish and you want to be safe, so you wear it and you wear a baseball cap or the visor. All of a sudden, it switch and people are wearing the visor in the back so their neck doesn't get sunburnt in the stomach. You've all seen this, no? You don't ever can. So I, first time I saw this, I said, why are you wearing it backwards? So they didn't really know or they didn't know they didn't want to tell me. But we know what the answer is. There was some hilaria who decided, and this is documented, that he's going to attract attention, but he's not getting enough attention. He's the only 85 million people watching him. So he wanted a little bit more covered. And he started wearing it backwards. He started a new style. So here we're jumping into something which is counterintuitive, which means it's the wrong way to wear it, because it's not there to protect your neck. It's there to protect your face. 
and you're doing it backwards because you're copying the Goyim. It's a little hard to get out of. But people are getting very nervous. How can we ask for that? It's the Mini Goyim already. I said, yeah, well, the old Mini Gisrael, at least 20 years. Very old Mini Gisrael. Yezayed and Mestama wore it backwards also. Back in Poland. So I am very not convinced that that's mutter because you don't have to be a big chachan to figure out that somebody is just trying to do something ridiculous. They're back. So I, since I mentioned that, uh, I mentioned it in the safe, even though I didn't have the heart to say it's also, but I said it's a shayla, uh, maybe it's mutter. But the answers I got back with no, it actually is better in the back because in the front it gets in the way. I said, gets in the way. It was created to block the sun. So one very, very intelligent bocha told me that Dafka wears in the back. And I started explaining to him that it's supposed to be able to help block the sun so you can catch the ball. He said, no, no, I can't catch the ball. I always drop it, and I won't have an excuse. I always say the sun's in my eyes. I said, you know, that's the Charlotte Cavalabrias. You can wear it in the back. I thought that was an interesting... That's a London, the guy. Yeah, he's going places. So, Lamaisa, there are many other examples of that. You have to be Darius Rechaiken. You don't have to look to be Machmir. But this sugya, we're usually just copying the latest crazy thing that a guy did. Why isn't that... Who can say them? You can't say, well, that's, they're making it for consumers. They make the caps of visors for consumers off the shelf. They don't tell you how to wear it. And most people are wearing it backwards. I think that's very, very odd. On that positive note, Mr. I'm on a day off after you learn, you're going to play baseball. Just keep it in front of you, maybe. It's a warm weather. So uh, thank you for listening. There are farm available and some of the shirim that were just repackaged because people wanted it broken down. There's a USB with a few thousand of them, but for some reason people were overwhelmed. So there are Civic Sugi's over there. You can help yourself. Please copy them. It doesn't say copyright. Please copy. They're a cost. A guy makes them. I just paid him for it. It's not a money-making thing. So if you take one, make 100 copies. Okay.